Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I am sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Are you ready? Red and white naugahyde. Awesome. Are you ready? I am ready. You were a little hesitant on that, that uh, switch there today. I don't no, know no. if you're ready or not. I'm ready. You ready? What? Ready for what? The, the show? show. <laughs> you know what? It would be nice if we actually had a show since we've introduced it. And so yeah. I guess we'll go on with the show. Here we go. It's well, that, a show. That was a, that was a clumsy transition. That's okay. But here we are. Yeah. You know, and this is an interesting... We're assuming we have a lot of regulars out there. This is an interesting time that we, that we are existing in. It really is, isn't it? And we have just come upon the 100th anniversary of the miracle at Fatima. Awesome stuff. In October of 1917. There you go. Right, the culmination of um, uh, Mary's appearing to three little shepherd children, Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco. Right. Right, and so they, uh, you know, and, and everyone knows about all that stuff. And I thought, you know, we've not really ever done a show on Fatima. Oh. But I'm thinking... That's not what we're going to do. And I, people are like, well, what? Well, we had a little bit of a, a show with uh, Father Apostoli. Yeah, that's right. We did. We talked about, right. We, we did. We, you know what? Let me take that back. We did a show on Fatima. <laughs> and it was a wonderful show. One of the many of the hundreds of shows we've done. And you're right. Uh, we did talk about Fatima. But I will tell you this. We didn't talk about this today. That's true. What we're choosing to talk about. Yep. And, and, you know, and the focus is on the miracle of the dancing sun, right? The great miracle promised right. by Mary that, that thousands upon thousands of people witnessed right. in 1917, in October of 1917, and the 100th anniversary, and we talk about that. We talk about Mary's uh, messages mm-hmm. to the three children, right? And, and that's all important, but a lot of times, sometimes we miss details. We miss little pieces of information that actually... When you delve into them, you find out they are robust and full of something that is life-changing. Shouldn't have overlooked it. Nah, exactly. And so what I want to talk about, uh, something that floored me, as I had read uh, the account um, a while ago about Fatima and what took place, and I kind of read through it, and I was eager to get to the, the messages that Mary offered and then people's opinions and, and, and you know just commentaries revolving around the great thinkers of what the church and what we should do in the world and all these different things. Um, and, and those are good things to focus on. But I, when I reread the story, the account, especially mm-hmm. f- uh, uh, from what Lucia says happened, right? Um, she actually wrote the account of what happened, like the, the sort of like step-by-step um, with the apparitions and, and everything at, at the behest of her bishop. In mm-hmm. fact, in obedience to her bishop. Right. She didn't really want to write this. And I, I think she might have thought, well, this is not about me. It's about Our Lady and the messages. Exactly. But she writes it all down. And just, I was, when I was rereading and reading the account, uh, something struck me. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and... And I want to contextualize this by saying that what really what struck me is it answered a, a big question. And I think that big question is one that can be, um, well, summarized with three questions, I think, that, that we, when we look at the world. Mm-hmm. Right? These are big questions. These are questions which we are to ponder. It's not like uh, something you just think about. It's pondering. It's a much more deeper, profound experience. 
And the first of those three questions is, what's wrong with the world? Okay. Right? That's, that's a big question. Huge. It might take a little while to, to go through all the possibilities, and you're going to get a thousand people to say a thousand different things. Mm-hmm. Right? What's wrong with the world? It's a big question. Uh, and then what will make it right? Yeah, that'd take a while. Okay. So that's a pondering question number two. And then the, and the third question is more, um, uh, it's more localized, more specific, and that is, can I make a real difference in the world? So what's wrong with the world? What will make it right? And can I make a real difference in the world? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, man, how do we answer that question? And while I was actually pondering on those kinds of questions at one point in time was when I reread the story that Lucia tells about Fatima. Okay. And I didn't get very far into the story before I really started to see a potential for an answer for those big, huge, pondering questions. Perfect. Like, what's wrong with the world? What will make it right? And can I make a real difference in the world? Sure. So I, I just want to read. Uh, this is from the, the, the little booklet. In, either at the back of every church. Okay. The ones that you, Tom, walk past and go like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> There's so many times that we, we see all these different there little pamphlets, bus. you know. <laughs> you just got I threw you under there. I'm so sorry. That's okay. And I speak and I and I make fun of you, but how many yeah. have I walked past? We all do. No. I we know. don't all pick up the things saying. that are laid out there in the church and there's some nice church lady that put a stack of those things there and she thinks that'll change your Her life whole to mission read. Is that? Well I actually picked up this the message of Fatima, Lucia Speaks. It's from the World Apostolate of Fatima, USA. So it's a little booklet that they that they produce and they're they're all over the place. And plus with the hundredth anniversary of the miracle at Fatima there's a lot of folks that are kind of like this is in the, right. in, in, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, so in this little booklet, it's talking about the, uh, in Lucia's own words, right? And, and it and talks about the first apparition of the angel. Mm-hmm. So before Mary showed up. An angel shows up. An angel shows up. And shows up three times. How about that? Right. And so this is what. Lucia says about that, she says, As I've already written in my account of Jacinta, we climbed the hillside in search of shelter. After having taken our lunch and said our prayers, these are good kids, by the way. They really are. Yeah. We began to see, some distance off, above the trees that stretched away towards the east, a light, whiter than snow, in the form of a young man, transparent and brighter than crystal, pierced by the rays of the sun. Very poetic, very beautiful. And you get the sense that something just miraculous, something bright and, and shiny is coming her way. And it says, as he drew nearer, we could distinguish his features more and more clearly. We were surprised, absorbed, and struck dumb with amazement. On reaching us, he said, do not be afraid. I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Kneeling on the ground, he bowed down until his forehead touched the earth. Led by a supernatural impulse, we did the same, and repeated the words which we heard him say, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I beg pardon of thee for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Having repeated these words three times, he rose and said, Pray thus, The hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications. Then he disappeared. Hmm. So and it goes on to explain what they felt like, how it affected them, how they continued to pray that prayer over and over and over again, almost till they were tired and they would fall out, you know, hmm. and how the, the angel had come to them three times. And only then, after then, were these apparitions of Mary where she came. Mm-hmm. 
But so this was interesting to me that sometimes we reread past this, like get 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 the good part, right? Get get past that part, and I think like, well, let's let's look. How did how did God want, or how did Mary want her presence to be known, to be announced, to be prepared for? Through children. Well, through but, an angel and through children. Right, but the angel, right, right, appearing to the children. And I love that you're, you're you're right to think about the children because that's so often God will come to uh, the to least. the humble, the least, those who seemingly have the least value amongst us, mm-hmm. and and they become His instruments, His voices. Yeah, right. But how He reveals uh, this this coming of Mary, this talking, this this apparition, this presentation of Mary, uh, appearance of Mary on the several of ones uh, to these children is prepared for is announced by an angel and how often God's used angels, you know, to come to Mary and say, by the way, you know, that baby you're carrying, you know? And so we, we recognize that's how God works. Mm -hmm. And so we should pay attention to what the angel says. Yeah. And so when I, when I read this, I thought, you know, this is neat. And first of all, you know, the do not be afraid. I love that. Right. And, and, and what is it that we clamor for in the world? Right, what, 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 we look around, we see all the problems in the world. That's why I started with those pondering questions. What's wrong with the world? Right. And you can go through with all the, the morality, the violence, the, the bigotry, the, the hatred, the disparity, the, all the problems that we have in the world. And, and it can really be summed up you know, in maybe just one word, and that peace. is peace, right? Yeah. Yep. And so to me, it's like having like, peace in your heart. And when you have peace in your heart, that's when you... You love your neighbor. You respect your neighbor. And right. if you recognize peace, if peace and peace means that we're living together in harmony, peace is what we really crave. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't crave to we don't need to win the lottery. Right. Right. What we're really wanting is enough money that we don't have to worry about our bills. Right. Right. So we're really seeking peace. You're right. I mean, we pray for the lottery or whatever. We pray that my wife or my husband or whatever will get a job, that that my child will come home. Really, we want those things, those outcomes, specific outcomes we ask for, and we should, and that's okay to ask for them. But at the heart of those is really we can just be praying for peace. You're right. I I think so anyway. And and that's really, to me, the answer to these questions with what's wrong with the world. There's no peace. There isn't. what, What can make it right? Peace. And can I make a difference? Ah, see, this is where it gets to like, well, how can I make a difference in bringing peace to the world? And I hear this, and interestingly, mm-hmm. the angel announces his, his name or his identity or who he is. I'm the angel of peace. There you go. Right? And I think, okay, this is profound. Mm-hmm. So then he teaches the children to pray. And I think, you know, we're really good at these nice, complex prayers. We are. We, we'll write some humdingers. We'll write some nice long prayers. Catholics love to have those long prayers, you know, the, the Eucharistic prayers. Fifty cent words in there. Yeah, the litanies, the things that you're like going like, I'm gonna get out of here and they're going it's like not stopping and, and there's right. there's beauty in that great depth and profundity in prayer. Right. And then, you know, I'm not gonna just beat up on the Catholics, I'll you know, the Protestants do. When I've when I spent some time in the Protestant church when I learned how to pray there, it's like you need to look at your watch there, you know, and wrap that prayer up because <laughs> right. we'll just go forever. We'll have these these uh, Bible studies that start. Well, let's start with prayer. And all of a sudden we're praying for everything and their brother. And it's like 15, 20 minutes into the the hour that we have. Right. Well, we've, that's all the time we have for our Bible study. 
as we prayed. And that there's nothing wrong with long prayers. <laughs> but we, we sometimes make things more complex than they even need to be. And I right. look, well, how did the, t- the angel of peace teach them to pray? Four, four key, key words there. Yeah. Pretty simple. Exactly. It's like, I, so my God, I believe. Yep. I adore. Mm-hmm. I hope. I love thee. It's like, okay. There That's you pretty go. simple. Yeah. And you think about it, it's like, so if I'm looking for peace... And I'm trying to, it's ever elusive. How do I find it? Well, I'm looking at that thinking, you know, that sounds like a pretty simple uh, pathway to take. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is really go through this list and figure out how can we, how can those things bring peace to the world? That'd be great. So here we go. Right after we take a break. You knew that we were getting ready to take a break. (laughs) You had that look. You were already like getting ready to pop the top on your... uh, (laughs) You're, it wasn't an adult beverage. You're going to have a diet. The Yoo-hoo. Coke. Yeah, the Yoo-hoo. <laughs> uh, and so before, uh, so while Tom d- drinks his Yoo-hoo, oh, yeah. uh, and before we go and take a, uh, a break, uh, I want to tell people at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com, newly redesigned. It's awesome. It's beautiful. you got to go see it. It is. Thecatholiccafe.com. Uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery or licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. These words of Scripture brought one of the greatest sinners of his day to total conversion. This man was St. Augustine of Hippo. He has shaped our understanding of the Catholic faith for over a thousand years. St. Augustine was born in the year 354 in the Roman province of Numidia, Africa, to St. Monica and his pagan father, Patricius. He was raised in the Christian faith, but fell away as he studied at the university near his home. Though he abandoned the faith, he was a serious student of philosophy. Much like a modern student, he committed himself to many philosophical teachings and spiritual fads, but found none of them to provide any lasting fulfillment. St. Augustine sought comfort in the so-called good things of this world. He lived with his mistress for over 15 years. He enjoyed the bloody Roman games of the time and lived an all-around reckless life. By his own admission, he knew there was much more to life than earthly fulfillment. St. Augustine is famous for saying, Lord, make me pure, but not yet. During this time, his spiritual quest carried him through a career in teaching, which eventually brought him to Milan, Italy. Here he met St. Ambrose, who was a great saint and a philosophical giant. St. Augustine respected St. Ambrose, and he began to truly understand the faith. Still, even after all the intellectual understanding he gained, his conversion was a conversion of the heart. After being baptized, St. Augustine began to live as a monk and dedicated himself to the study of the scriptures. He lived with other like-minded men and eventually returned to Africa, where he became a priest and later the Bishop of Hippo. For the 35 years he served as bishop, he counseled many brother bishops, attended councils of the church, and wrote prolifically. His most famous works are Confessions and the City of God. 
St. Augustine is an example of someone who reformed his life and truly promoted the mission of the gospel with every fiber of his being. His writings are relevant to our own times and have guided many to a deeper faith in Christ Jesus. This great African saint's feast day is August 28th. He is a father and doctor of the church. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. Yes, you are. And you are Tom Dorian. Yes, I, you know, I, I didn't in- introduce your name at the beginning of our show. Oh, we didn't. I thought we introduced ourselves. And they all know it's you and it's yeah, Tom. It's like Tom, whatever. But Tom. But I want to make sure we say Schwam, Schwam. Tommy, 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 Do Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Enough <laughs> times on the show that people that you get credit for being an able sidekick. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so thank what you. are we talking about, Tom? We're talking about the angel of peace. I've been sitting on the edge of my Naga Hyde luxurious <laughs> corner booth the whole time waiting to hear what the punchline is. Well, uh, you know what? So let's go, host boy. So we are we are talking about the prayer. If the world is seeking peace, mm-hmm. we're answering those big pondering questions. What's wrong with the world? What will make it right? And can I really make a difference? Right. And the angel of peace, self-identified. Shows up teaches these little kids a prayer and that prayer is my god i believe i adore i hope and i love thee it goes on about begging pardon for those who don't do that but succinct and to the point these four things believing adoring hoping and loving mm-hmm. um they're in their simplicity there's such great power it really is i mean you stop and think about let's so let's look at them one one after the other so right. believe i believe my god i believe mm-hmm. you think like does the world really I mean, do people actually believe in anything anymore? I mean, you know, you, you think Arguably about... no. Yeah, you think about faith and, and, the, and the great lack of faith. It's terrible. And I've got to be honest with you. When I'm looking out at my parishioners, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do, do they really believe this stuff that they're hearing? Right? And, and so how do we know that there's belief? How do we, how do we experience belief? And what is belief? Because a lot of people have an opinion... Oh my goodness! Opinions are everywhere. They are right, and and sometimes if you don't agree with this opinion, then you are a bigot or a hater or whatever, you know. And and some opinions are easy to agree with, and 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 opinions are out there, right? But are there people who are actually really convicted to these things, mm-hmm. right? And 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 really, is there anything that's that's actually true in the world? So this is a this is a it's a big question, and so here this angel of peace is saying, you know, if you want to have peace, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth, and mm-hmm. I know that I'm taking some liberties here. So do, so all the Fatima people, please don't write me and say like you are a shame upon the house of God. <laughs> but the point is, this angel of peace is saying, you know, if, if you want peace, mm-hmm. let's start this way. How about believing in God? Right. How about believing in this in this supernatural being? Supernatural doesn't mean like a ghost. He is a spirit, but doesn't mean that 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 uh, like ooh, you know Halloween and that kind of a right. spirit. What I mean is like supernatural means outside of nature, above nature, over nature, right. super nature, mm-hmm. right? Enhanced nature, bigger than nature. And so we look for all these things in nature to satisfy us and to realize that there is something outside of our nature. Actually, really, uh, rather than outside, not excluded from, but over um, over all of nature in mm-hmm. super nature mm-hmm. is God. 
That's right. And this is something bigger than ourselves. It, it, it's bigger than the world. He's bigger than everything. Right. And right. And so this idea that we we believe. It's a big deal. That's a big step, and it's something that a lot, of, not a lot of people. There's a lot of doubt in the world. I I believe that. Talk to a millennial. There's yeah. doubt. Yeah. Right. And and so we we have to ask ourselves. You know, I'm 55 years old. You know, you're 82, and you look at the you look at the. <laughs> well, you look 82, but you're not really 82. I know you're not. I'm just teasing, Tom. Oh, you're, you're younger than me. It's funny. He caught me off guard. So so you you know you'll. Us, we should be all settled in our belief. We should know what we believe, and we're just marching down the road. Right. And the reality is, I don't know that all of us believe. We'll, we'll sell people a good, you know, we can sell them a used car. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we, we, we can't always convince people because I think sometimes people look at us and go, like, I don't know if you actually believe this. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'll question the messenger, which means they question the message. Right. So there's a lot to that, but the reality is, before we can do anything else, before peace will come to the world, people have to believe that there, that there is a God. That's a big deal. And, and how do you know that when you believe? And, and I think really the easiest thing to see there is some kind of transformation or change. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm looking at you and I say, Tom, do you believe in God? You know, yeah. And you say yes. Then I can look at you and say tomorrow, like, do you still believe in God? And you say yeah. And so ultimately, I want to say, show me the fruits of this belief. Show me how you've changed in some way. Right. If you believe that God exists, and yet you've not changed your ways, and I'm not speaking about you and your evil ways, we all have the evil ways, right? We're all sinners. But right. if, if someone pro, uh, professes a belief, and yet they don't act on it. Probably not a real belief there. Well, it's not transformative. It's not changing. It's just, you know, it's... It, the, the sign that we still have grief and pain and and and, and bad things in the world is a sign that there's a, there's a there's a lack of belief. Right. The world's not transforming in a way that believes in in God. Yeah. And so that's something that we have to work on. So the angel is saying first believe, and so this idea of acting on it and 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 sort of being transformed and changed, you know, that leads to this adore. Mm-hmm. Because uh, adoration then becomes like worshiping is what I'm talking about. Worshiping right. God. Right. If you actually believe God, then should you not worship God? You should. Because if you stop and think about it, it's not just enough to believe. Mm-mm. Who believed in God? The devil believed he in did. God. Right, he did, and you he know? does. And there's many people that know that God exists, and yet they refuse to bow down and worship. That's right. And so that's problematic. Right, that's not going to bring peace. It's not going to bring harmony. Not going to bring love and all these things. It's not going to bring change to the world. Right. And so, a true belief, a true transformation, will actually lead to adoration. And that adoration, then, it doesn't always have to be public. It can be private uh, prayer, devotion. Um, you know, praying the rosary where no one can see. These are fine things. This is a way to worship. This is this is how we we worship God in the many ways that we do. It doesn't have to be always public, but there's something. There's a beautiful gift to a public worship. Mm-hmm. You think about like, well, what are the benefits of worshiping, right? In mm-hmm. public, where people see, what is the benefit? What can be what what can be yielded from that? You start thinking like, you know, that's how evangelization works, right? How many people have come to a beautiful mass, heard a beautiful sermon? heard a beautiful song, saw a beautiful sunset, whatever, this outward sign of our love of God, mm-hmm. and they saw a tear in your eye when you were looking at the sunset. And they're going like, well, there's some beautiful thing there. What are you doing? I'm adoring God. I'm, 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 I'm relishing in the beauty <clears throat> that he's created. Mm-hmm. And so that then becomes a positive influence on the other. Other people see this adoration. They see this worship, and they're transformed. Right. 
right? And so then that transformation then, when people recognize that other people believe in God, they worship him, they give themselves over to him in totality, what you start to see is like, hey, there is a God and he is in control and everything's going to be all right. There's hope. That yields hope. It's, it's, it's like a world that says like, hey, I know there's some bad stuff going on, but if you believe that this is all part of some divine plan, if you believe that it's all going to work out somehow, if you believe that no matter what bad thing happens in, in, out in the earth, there is this, this beautiful gift that is heaven and eternity in heaven, that's hopeful. It is. And, and it's motivating. It helps us to have hope, to be drawn to hope. That's right. Right? And we also have to remember we, we have to, the hope is fragile. We can destroy other people's hope, and that's a bad thing. It is. Right? So belief leads to adoration. Adoration, that public worship, leads to acknowledgement of God, and we see that in hope. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the, now the world is filled with hope. Right? And you keep going down that path. And, you know, I don't know about you, but like at the end of the month when you're kind of a little tight on the money, mm-hmm. but you realize, hey, I've got enough for the house note. I've got enough for the utilities. I've got enough for the food the gas bill or whatever, and I got like a little extra f- left over. Mm-hmm. Honey, let's celebrate. We're going out to eat. You know, you know you're in a good mood. Mm-hmm. You're in a good mood because it's like everything worked out. That hope is there. I, I have something, you know, and that makes you in a good mood. That good mood is infectious. It's mm-hmm. viral. Right. And, and, we, and we spread that. We share that. And this is essentially where love comes from. All love, true love comes from God. Mm-hmm. And what you start to realize is, you know, you've heard the old 60s song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's true. It is How true. do we get love? Right? We get love from hope. Mm-hmm. There is no, when there's no hope, there's no love. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we, we, we want there to be hope in the world. And you cannot have hope until you, you believe in a God and adore that God and give yourself over to that God. And so I believe, I adore, I hope, I love, which does what? leads us right back to believing God, which evangelizes and shares that belief with others. So that's the angel of peace. That's his simple message to these three shepherd children. Lucia tells us this. It is genius. It is. It's divine. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want you to disregard the words of Mary or the dancing son, but I do want you to listen to the angel. That's right. Right? My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. Mm Mm-hmm. How simple that is in our life, where that can take us, and how, what's wrong with the world? No peace. What will right. fix the world? What will make it right? Peace. Where do we get that? The angel of peace tells us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Let's ask Mary to be with us. Since we're talking about Fatima, let's, 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 let's say a Hail Mary. That's perfect. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.